Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Houdat Discussion. You can also find all of my other Saints work with the Saints News Network on SI.com by heading over to SI.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. Well, last week was a forgettable one for the New Orleans Saints, the worst offensive performance in terms of yards in the Sean Payton era. They lose to the Carolina Panthers 26-7, but as the Houdat Nation is ready to move past it, we will hear on the podcast as well. Today, we're going to dive into three X-Factors and three things to watch in the Saints Week 3 matchup with the New England Patriots from Foxborough, a place where Sean Payton has never won. Before we jump into all of that, let's hit the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Who Dat? Say they gon' be them Well, I didn't talk to you guys earlier in the week giving you a recap of the Saints and Panthers, so we're going to just dive into that very, very quickly. Uh, as I said before the intro, Saints lose 26-7 to on the road in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a miserable day. Jameis Winston, 11-12, of 12, um, 111 yards, two interceptions. He was also the Saints' leading rusher with three carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. Saints' lead, leading receiver was little Jordan Humphrey. He had one catch for 27 yards, uh, and the Saints could never really find anything offensively, and a lot of that starts with the fact that they were unable to run the ball effectively. Their running backs, Tony Jones Jr., Alvin Kamara, they combined for 11 carries and 12 yards. There wasn't no balance to the Saints' offense. They they couldn't move the ball defensively. They missed a lot of key players. Obviously, Don, David Onyemata, uh, who's still serving his suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, Quan Alexander, who got moved to IR. You didn't have Marshawn Lattimore last week. You didn't have uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So th- there was a lot of Saints banged up in this game, and I-, I know a lot of people on Saints Twitter took a screenshot of the-, the graphic that was shown by the broadcast on Fox of how many Saints were missing, and it, it just seemed astronomical uh, the amount of key players New Orleans was missing against the Panthers, and let's be honest, there, there's going to be some that miss this week as well because of being on IR. Uh, there's going to be coaches that miss this week because of COVID-19 and not reaching that 10-day total uh, before they're they're able to go, or I believe it's 10 days and two negative tests, and, and there's some that just haven't reached that. It's going to be Ryan Nielsen, Brian Young. Uh, those will be the ones out. Oh, and Dan Rouchard, those three coaches will not be in attendance in Sunday's game because of COVID protocols. So uh, the Saints getting some coaches back, and I think it proved 
against the Panthers, how vital some of those assistant coaches are. There was the report that it was Ian Book who was actually in charge of substitutions. I couldn't imagine being a, a first-year quarterback who really knows he's not going to play at all. He's not the backup quarterback. Um, that's Trevor Simeon. And then I think if Simeon gets hurt, you really hand it over uh, to Taysom Hill before you, you hand it over to Ian Book. So Book really there just to sit and absorb and learn. I was trying to come up with a book pun really quick, but um, couldn't really think of one that quick off the top of my head. But he's there to read the book, right, and learn. Uh, so being in charge of substitutions is something I know that he wasn't very uh, prepared for, maybe. Not something he maybe expected to do uh, his rookie season. So there was a lot going on with the Saints last week. But as I said, they got returning players uh, for the Patriots game. They also have uh, those coaches returning. I just want to touch on, on Carolina, who's now 3-0, right? They, they win on Thursday night against uh, Houston. That comes at a, at a price as they lose uh, Christian McCaffrey to a hamstring and potentially J.C. Horn for the season with three uh, a broken foot in three different places. So the Panthers at 3-0. and Sam Darnold played really well against New Orleans. I thought he had a fantastic first half, just like he did against his old team, the Jets, in Week 1. He finished with over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the one interception that was thrown right into the hands of Saints defensive tackle Malcolm Roach. Uh, McCaffrey had a good showing, 72 yards on the ground, 65 yards receiving. Uh, DJ Moore really coming into his own this year for the Panthers, had a good day against New Orleans, had a good day uh, against Houston. So with that now in the past, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints and their matchup with the Patriots. Uh, I thought there was a really interesting stat that Sean Payton threw out in one of his media press conferences this week, it was on Wednesday, actually, uh, he said that the Patriots are 108-7 at home under Bill Belichick when they win the turnover battle. Well, that's your stat of the week. Um, I think it's incredible to think that they've won that many games at home under Bill Belichick, but then you remember Belichick and, and Peyton are the longest-tenured coaches in football at this point. Uh, so I think that's something that's interesting in itself. Um, but I think your your first key to victory, your first thing to watch, is going to be who wins the turnover battle, right? The the Patriots defense last week, four interceptions uh, against Zach Wilson. They have five picks on the season. Um, and they've been a very, very underrated defense over the years. I know a lot of a lot of Saints fans liked the comparison of Breeze and Brady as Breeze reached the end of his career last season and was comparing how many times Tom Brady had a top 10 defense to how many times Drew Brees had a top 10 defense. And it was clearly uh, heavily favored towards Tom Brady and having a top a top 10 defense over the years. And I think that's one thing that football fans have not ignored, but I think it goes over people's heads of how good the Patriots have been on both sides of the football. You know, it was never... It was never on Tom Brady to win every game every year. Like it was for Drew Brees, you know, particularly 14, 15, 16, where the Saints only win seven games because Drew Brees single-handedly won them five of them, right? I think that's uh, one thing that people forget is, yeah, Brady's had weapons, Brady certainly made some guys very good weapons, but he's always had a really stout defense behind him. And even in Brady leaving and going to Tampa Bay, the Patriots still have a really, really good 
defense. Like I said, they've only allowed one passing touchdown this year, uh, five interceptions. They they can surrender a little bit on the ground, but we're going to get into that. But it's going to be interesting to see who wins the turnover battle. The Saints, like I said, they're getting some reinforcements. You're going to have um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Marshawn Lattimore on Sunday up in Foxborough. But they got to get pressure on the quarterback to force some of those turnovers. Mac Jones, a rookie, uh, hasn't put anything crazy up statistically. Uh, but remember, the Saints were really interested in Mac Jones. And, and the reports are that the Saints were making phone calls trying to jump up in the first round of April's draft uh, as Mac Jones started to slip down the boards. And they were just unable to make a deal happen. So wouldn't that be interesting if the Saints rookie quarterback was Mac Jones? Um, that essentially gives gives James Winston one year, and then he'd be on, on the way out. And I know he did sign a one-year contract anyway, and he could still very well be on his way out despite how well or poor he plays in 2021. But it would be a very interesting story if the Saints drafted a quarterback in the first round for the first time since Archie Manning. Uh, that would be, would be quite the story. But uh, ends up falling in the hands of the Patriots. I also think it says a lot about Mac Jones that you have – Sean Payton, who I think still, despite the despite the lackluster start offensively to the 2021 season for the Saints, I think we can all say, you know, Sean Payton's probably still uh, the best offensive-minded head coach in all of football. And then you have Bill Belichick, who's had so much success in this league. The fact that those two guys want you and pursued you and wanted to make you the eventual starter of their football teams, I think that speaks a lot to Mac Jones uh, and the talent that he has and what NFL coaches saw on him, how NFL ready he was, because I was honestly, I was surprised to see him slip as far as he, uh, slip as far as he did rather, because I thought he tore it up at Alabama. I thought he showed that uh, in a pro style system that he was ready to rock and roll. But as I said, he hasn't done anything crazy statistically this year, but he's been very efficient. And I think that's exactly what the Patriots need, right? Uh, Jones only has one touchdown pass, but he's completed nearly 74% of his passes uh, this season. And the Patriots have done a pretty good job of keeping up on his feet. Only four sacks through two games um, thus far. But he's someone that, like I said, uh, the Saints really have to watch out for and make uncomfortable. Sean Payton said, earlier this week that, that he was someone that he was really high on, uh, that he thought the process of it, he processes information fast. And if you watch his tape closely at Alabama, the ball comes out and decisions are made fast um, and sees the field both horizontally and vertically very, very well. But his decision-making and, and the processing uh, and everything upstairs for Mac Jones is what really impressed Sean Payton. So how do you, if you're Dennis Allen, show this guy different looks, make him uncomfortable, and make him process something for that half second longer to where you can get Cameron Jordan in the backfield, um, or you could get different pressures up in his face, show him different looks defensively to where he makes the wrong read, makes the wrong decision. Um, winning that turnover battle is going to be huge, especially in Foxborough. Um, I mentioned earlier that Sean Payton has never won in Foxborough, and since Sean Payton's been in New Orleans, the Saints have only beat the Patriots one time, and that was in 2009, Monday Night Football. A lot of people remember that the Saints just uh, went to town on the New England Patriots en route to an eventual Super Bowl championship, uh, but winning the turnover battle is 
going to be key to victory number one for the New Orleans Saints. I think key to victory number two is something that um, I wrote about this week with, with Saints News. I think Bob Rose did as well. And that's just talking about the fact that the Saints have to get back to that balanced attack. That's what's made them so special year in and, and year out. Because when, when you have a, a new quarterback or you have a young quarterback, and in this case the Saints have a little bit of both, he's still young um, and uh, he's new to the system. When you have a guy like Jameis Winston uh, coming in and, and replacing who might go down as one of the greatest or will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, will definitely go down as the greatest New Orleans Saint of all time. When you replace a guy like that, there's already pressure on you. Uh, to pick up a new system and be the starter after not playing for a year, there's pressure on you. And when you have that kind of pressure, what's a quarterback's best friend? A good running game. And shoot, Jameis Winston has one of the best running backs in all of football in Alvin Kamara. And I brought up his stats last week against Carolina. Kamara, only eight carries for five yards, could never really get anything going. Uh, and, and the Saints' rushing attack as a whole couldn't. I, I mentioned that Jameis was the, the leading rusher. But then you go to week one where the Saints looked like a completely different football team, and Kamara had 83 yards. Tony Jones had 50 yards. Jameis had 37, and the Saints run for 171 yards. I think finding that balance offensively is going to be huge. You have a really good opportunity against a, a Patriots defense that uh, finished in the low 20s last year, 26th to be exact in rush defense, and then last week against the New York Jets, who I think are could be a, a really interesting team over the next few years, particularly with Zach Wilson. They finally, at least for now, it seems like they finally found their franchise guy. But the Jets ran up on the Pats for 152 yards in Week 2, averaging nearly 5 yards a carry. I mean, if the Saints can get that kind of consistency throughout the game— picking up yards, picking up first downs, and, and being able to take some of that pressure off Jameis, who was throwing the ball a lot because the Saints were down. If the Saints don't get down early, they can establish the run, they can be balanced on offense, and they can sustain long drives. I mean, they did that against Green Bay. They had two drives that, back-to-back uh, -back touchdown drives, actually, that were 15 plays or more. That's the first time a Saints team has done that since 2000. Drew Brees never did that with the New Orleans Saints. So if the Saints could do that and, and be effective, I think the other thing is going to be getting Tony Jones Jr. involved a little bit more, right? He wins the number two running back job. The Saints end up releasing Latavius Murray, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens. And I mentioned in the first week that even though it was garbage time, a lot of those touches for Tony Jones, he averaged four and a half yards a carry, 50 yards. Um, and, and that's really effective. And that's something that we saw from Latavius Murray over the years as well. Then you look at week two, and Tony Jones only touches the ball three times for seven yards. So when you look at all that as a whole, you go, all right, running the football is going to be what makes or breaks uh, the Saints moving forward. And being able to establish that balance and something that the Saints have done so well over the years. I mean, you look at the different uh, tandems and trios the Saints have had in the backfield over the years. You go all the way back to, to the Bush and, and McAllister, and then you have Bush and Thomas and Bell that win the Super Bowl. Then you have Chris Ivory, Mark Ingram, Kyrie Robinson. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, Darren Sproles. And then you have Kamara and Ingram, and then you have Kamara and 
and Murray and now Kamara and Jones. I mean, the Saints have always been super talented at the running back spot. And you look at the years that uh, the Saints were successful, and they always were in the top top 10, sometimes the top five in the league in running the football. And I think that's actually what prolonged Drew Brees' career a little bit longer than maybe we initially thought that the fact that the Saints could run the ball and Drew didn't have to throw the ball 40 or 50 times a game. And that's what the Saints have to do to to be victorious, not just in this game, but moving forward. But as I said, a good opportunity. Uh, the Patriots, very good against the pass. They're a little bit more suspect against the run. And I think Kamara's in for a bounce-back week as well. Uh, if you guys want to head to SI.com and read my Fantasy Outlook article on the week for some of you looking to start New Orleans Saints and being confused after um, a poor performance last week, I think that I think at the end of the day, nobody goes, oh, I drafted Kamara in the first round. He had a bad week. Let's put him on the bench. But I really do think he's in for a big bounce-back week. Uh, so, does, so does Sports Illustrated. SI Betting has him as the fifth-best uh, running back this week and in PPR leagues are projecting him over 21 points. So I think that says a lot, uh, the respect that Kamara has around the league and from analysts and uh, the fact that he has a, a favorable matchup this week against the Patriots. So the Saints got to let the guy run, uh, let the guy do what he does well and get Tony Jones involved. And the final thing, and my final key to victory in this one, well, let's first, let's take a moment and, and be thankful that this is not a game being played later in the year where there's snow on the ground, um, but I, I do think it is. I do think the third key to victory is overcoming adversity again, and I know it's been touched on. I don't know if it's been touched on enough. This is a Saints team that's been through a lot in the first three weeks of the season. This might be the first quote-unquote normal week, if you even want to call it that. You're still missing coaches, but... Two weeks before the season, you know, Hurricane Ida, Saints have been displaced. Saints go and play a home game, in quotations, of course, in Jacksonville, Florida, against the Green Bay Packers. They look phenomenal. They win the game. They fly back to Dallas. They continue to practice at TCU. And then they go to Carolina. They're missing a handful of defensive starters. They're missing the starting center. They're missing eight assistant coaches. And they get clobbered by an NFC South opponent. Uh, and that was the first victory for Matt Rule as the head coach of the Panthers over the Saints. But the Saints didn't look themselves. They didn't look right. They returned back to TCU to practice before going out to Foxborough. So even this is not a quote-unquote normal week. You're not practicing at home. These guys haven't been home. They haven't been in New Orleans in a month. And it's been a difficult year. You know, I don't think this is quite, and I think everybody can agree, it's not the same by any means to 2005 when the Saints were just not in the Superdome at all. But you can see some similarities to how difficult this is. And you look back at that team in 2005, and man, they did the best they could. They won three games. But they did the best they could. I could not imagine myself, or anybody for that matter, being in a situation like that where you're away from family um, and your mind's just not on football. And for the first time, like I said, maybe week three is the first time the Saints as a whole, as a collective unit, are just focused on football. I don't know. But I think overcoming adversity yet again is going to be a key thing. Reports are that the Saints are going to head home after this game. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Saints play changes 
once they're back in New Orleans because, you know, Dorothy said it best. There's no place like home. And the Saints have been on the road for three consecutive weeks. Uh, and even, well, three consecutive playing weeks, even longer than that in terms of time. They've been on the road for over a month. And they haven't, they haven't seen friends. They haven't seen family. They haven't, they haven't seen a, a lot. I know that family, a lot of families are with them, but it, it's different. It, it's a different world to, to be in when you don't feel comfortable. And some of you guys know this from your jobs, whether you're salespeople, whether you just travel for work. It's it's it gets hard after you've been on the road for a while, right? I'm talking to all my salespeople, all my traveling people. It gets hard once you're on the road for a while. It's hard to sleep in a different hotel every night for however long you're on the road. And then you get home, and what happens? You get the best sleep you've gotten in a long time. It's your own bed. It's your own house. You're, you can go to your favorite breakfast place the next morning and grab a, a nice hot breakfast. It's hard to be on the road. The Saints teams overcame adversity so far this season. I think it would be an exclamation point on what's been a wild month that they can start the year 2-1. and one. Because honestly, going the next couple games, obviously at New England, home for the Giants, at Washington, I think the Saints could go into their bye week easy, easily 4-1. and one. And I think that would say a lot about this team. Obviously, you take it one game at a time, one step at a time. But there's still adversity to overcome. You're playing a team you're not very successful against in, in the team's histories. You're playing a team that has a rookie quarterback that just looked incredible defensively the first two weeks of the season. And like I said, you just have had a weird, weird experience the last couple weeks. So overcoming, coming out victorious, I think that's the third key to victory. I know that sounds silly. Like, well, it's not on the field, Brittany. It's all in your head. Just coming out and playing football and... Yeah, I think I think for me that's the third key to victory. Sometimes it's beyond X's and O's. It's it's what's going on upstairs. And if the Saints can just be 100% there upstairs focused on football and then have the ability to go home in New Orleans and and just have a sense of normalcy, I think that'll go a long way. Well, before I hit my X factors for the game, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Hoodat Discussion podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the X factors. I just talked about my three keys to victory, but let's jump into those guys who are going to take those keys. They're going to apply it. They're going to be the X factors, and they're going to be a difference maker for the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Number one, I alluded to it in my second point, uh, in keys to victory, and that was running the football. I think my first X factor is going to be Tony Jones Jr., who I think a lot of us are surprised won the number two job at running back. I think the Latavius Murray cut was one of the more surprising ones, if not the most surprising cut by the New Orleans Saints this offseason. But I think Tony Jones and getting him acquainted to what is going to be more and more of a Latavius Murray role for him is going to be important. He's got to start getting some of those Latavius Murray touches. And shoot, I said it earlier. You look at the game against Green Bay. You could even go back to the performance against the Ravens in the preseason. Like We've seen what Tony Jones Jr. can do and what he can provide. He's a great runner in between the tackles. He does have the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I see similarities to Murray's game. I think there are plenty of times where you could see, oh, if he just broke one more tackle, he's off. And I felt like that was Latavius Murray's entire time in New Orleans. He'd pick up five yards and say, oh, if he could just slip that one tackle, he's off to the races. I'm seeing similarities in Tony Jones Jr. I think he's going to be the first one. You have to establish the run. You have to be balanced. You have to be able to trust a guy to go pick up three or four yards on first down, second down, what have you. I think a lot of that uh, is going to be focused in on Tony Jones as the Patriots. I said Kamara is going to have a bounce back week, and I do believe that, but the Patriots defense historically has done a really good job of trying to eliminate your best player, and Alvin Kamara is the best player on the field for New Orleans week in and week out. So I'm looking towards Tony Jones Jr. to take some of that pressure off Alvin Kamara. Be a true tandem. Be a one-two. Uh, be a thunder and lightning. Be that one-two punch. I think Jones has the ability to do that. I think he'll do it well. Uh, I don't think he's a big fantasy play. I do think he's a guy that you can add to your roster because, uh, especially in deeper leagues, he's going to be a good flex option if he starts getting some more touches, particularly in the red zone. Um, but I think he's going to be effective for New Orleans this week. I could see somewhere around 40, 40 to 50 yards, potentially a touchdown for Tony Jones. And that's just being a guy, uh, change of pace back, picking up big yards, um, hidden yards, you know, not those big third down conversions, but he might pick up three yards on second down that makes it third and short opposed to third and long. Uh, and that's what's going to be important for Tony Jones. I see him as my offensive X factor. Defensively, got to pick on Cameron Jordan a little bit. And I wasn't a big fan 
of Saints Twitter, or at least parts of Saints Twitter, really getting into Cam Jordan for not having a sack thus far, and oh, he looks lazy, and he does this, and he does that, and my response to those people is just, go back and watch the tape. Cameron Jordan is on pace to be the Saints' all-time leader in sacks, and I hope he gets there. I hope he does. He's been in New Orleans now 10 years, and he has been everything you want in a leader, in a fun-loving guy. I mean, he he's one of those guys where you're like, yep, he's a perfect fit for New Orleans, and I hope he's a lifer as well. You know, you don't get that a whole lot anymore where you have a guy who gets drafted by his team and plays his whole career with that team. I hope that's the case for Cameron Jordan. And last year, his sack numbers weren't really there, right? He had six sacks. He still got to the Pro Bowl. He has no sacks through two games. But this year, he finally has someone opposite of him, whether it's Davenport, whether it's it's Peyton Turner, um, who had his first career sack last week, Passanio, uh, who can play inside and out. He's great at getting the pass rusher, Carl Granderson. There's a little bit more depth at defensive end this year, so I can understand the frustrations of him not getting the sack numbers, but go back and watch the tape and see everything else that Cameron Jordan does well. And that's what has set him apart from other defensive ends throughout his NFL career is the fact that he is so good stopping the run. He is so good in a- attracting attention on the pass rush, creating other opportunities for other guys. Why do you think Trey Hendrickson had 13 and a half sacks for New Orleans last year? One very talented player got his payday um, in Cincinnati and will make plays for the Bengals during his career in Cincinnati. But there was so much attention on Cameron Jordan, it created one-on-one opportunities for Hendrickson to go get the quarterback. And believe it or not, Cam Jordan is still getting those double teams. He's still getting attention because of how talented he is, how respected he is amongst football. But I need him to put some pressure on Mac Jones this week. Especially if the Saints want to come out victorious. Cam Jordan's going to have to get that first sack of the year. He's going to have to get some QB hits. And he's capable of that. And if it's not Cam Jordan, then man, create those opportunities. Have that running back pick you up. Have that double team. Create opportunities for other people. But Cameron Jordan is going to have to be the ringleader of that Saints defensive line, whether he does it himself or just due to his talent, creates opportunities for other people. The Saints have to get after Mac Jones. I said that as one of my points as well. And it all starts and ends with Cameron Jordan. I'm going to go ahead and predict a two-sack day for Cameron Jordan. He's going to come out. He's going to play well. Uh, The Saints are going to get back on track defensively, too, after they got torched by the Panthers. And then my final X-Factor, I always like to throw a wild card X-Factor in this. And my wild card X-Factor for this week is going to be Adam Troutman. He's a guy that the Saints drafted in the third round. Remember, they traded the remainder of their draft to get back in the third round and take Adam Troutman, the 2019 Patriot League Player of the Year. Has shown some promise. He's a great route runner. I still think he's getting healthy. Uh, Week one, he was the most targeted receiver for the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think he's in the next factor this week because, shoot, he hasn't had a whole lot of production. Neither have, have the Saints receivers. I was hoping to hear Kenny Stills was going to be activated from the practice squad. Don't know if we're going to get that news this week. It might be another week. But I'm going to take Troutman, especially in the red zone. We saw week one what Juwan Johnson can do matchup-wise, but between the great route running and the big size, 
Troutman's going to be my final X factor for coming up big in big situations, whether that's third down, whether that's in the red zone. It's a guy that Sean Payton raved about as an inline blocker. He's got great receiving skills. Uh, It's just been a slow start to the year for him, just like the entire Saints offense. But, man, if the Saints can get a tight end back into the rotation, I mean, look at the Saints' tight ends over the years, even even some of the down years. Obviously, we can talk Jimmy Graham. Ben Watson had a good time here. Kobe Fleener was was this up-and-down guy, but better than most tight ends in his time here. I know a lot of people didn't like Jared Cook, particularly because of drop passes and fumbles, but Jared Cook was a really good tight end in New Orleans. If you could get Troutman to be in a realm of top 10 receiving tight ends and just be a threat, whether that's vertically or whether that's in the short field, it's going to make that Saints offense that much more dynamic. I'm looking towards Troutman to be an X-factor this week, like I said, in big critical third down moments along with moments in the red zone. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for the Houdat discussion. The New Orleans Saints and New England Patriots kick off at 1 o'clock Eastern time, 12 o'clock Central on Fox. One of these teams will advance to 2-1, and one, while the other will drop to 1-2. and two. I just want to take a special moment to thank you guys for all the support of the podcast since I've taken over, particularly uh, this month. You guys are wonderful. Uh, to the day, we are plus... 67% in monthly downloads uh, and listeners. You guys have been fantastic with the support. Uh, I'm glad you guys are enjoying the podcast. I enjoy just talking to you guys, whether it's once or twice a week. So thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys on Monday or Tuesday, following the Saints and Patriots. And until then, remember, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you next time here on the Who Dat Discussion Podcast.